All right. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Seize the Moment podcast. Today is our annual Thanksgiving episode, special episode, a solo episode from me and Leon. I guess I wanted to open it up with, uh, how you doing, Leon? How's everything? Good, man. Chilling. Cool. Yeah, same here. <laughs> oh, okay. End of podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's cool. Well, I'm waiting that's for cool. you to finish your introduction. No, no, no. Uh, that that's that's it. I mean, it's been a pretty crazy year as far as that goes. Um, in terms of uh, COVID, mm-hmm. um, before that, um, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, riots and stuff like that. George Floyd um, transition of power from Trump to Biden. Mm-hmm. right um people on the left screaming this people on the right screaming that and it's very general but it's been it's been a little bit of a rough year with the pandemic uh people working remotely people losing their jobs companies going out of business um but yeah man uh it looks like like we're kind of getting back to some sort of um some sort of semblance of normalcy right with the vaccine um and things of that nature. I don't know. Like, uh, how, how do you feel about the past year? Oh man, what a fucking question. <laughs> um, so it's been interesting. So definitely nothing sort of terrible from my end, you know, obviously thankful for that. Um, you know, I mean, look, in a lot of ways I've benefited. So it's, you know, it's hard for me to really complain, but obviously you can kind of see what it's like for other people and, you know, sort of feel sad, obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't complain. So it's hard for me to really even comment on it because honestly, if anything, I would say my life has gotten kind of better. So you know, I don't. That's yeah, that's good. In in what way? What, what do you What do you mean? Well, so like business, in terms of patients yeah, and stuff. Yeah, business wise, things have gotten better because I don't have the overhead of office space uh, for the office space rent anymore, which is obviously pretty great. Uh, in terms of like the number of clients who are reaching out to me and you know trying obviously to. Um, well, to see a therapist and to start therapy, that's been like exponentially better than it was before. So yeah, truly, man, I mean, you know, it's been fine. I, and it sucks to say, obviously, because, you know, so many people have struggled, but um, yeah, really no complaints. And it's nice that everything is going back to normal. I'm not planning on ever going back to the office. So yeah. So, you know, no, no, that's, that's good. I mean, listen, Hey, I mean, uh, we learned some lessons, right. From the past year, especially in terms of what can you do in terms of remote work, right? Like, for example, for you, you're you're still able to see your patients, perhaps even take on more patients because right. you're not limited to going to an office setting and that patient having to meet you there. Yeah. Um, there's another... The other, set- and, and the other thing is, too, you get a schedule, too, man. Like, when you rent office space, you can't just come in and show, you know, show up whenever you want. You, you, you There's an agreement. There's a contract. So the thing is, there is no contract now. I can kind of just make my hours as I choose. Whereas before, where I was renting space, there was just no need to. Yeah, like this, you have more control. You have more, uh, what's it called, Uh, sovereignty, right, over Mm -hmm. your own business, right? right. right? You still have to deal with insurance companies and da 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 da, all of that. That's always fine. There's more of a sense of control, which is cool. Uh, Another thing I like, uh, and I'm sure you'd agree, is that the the patients probably are more likely to show up, right? Am I wrong about yeah. that? Like, No, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Just because like it can be done from anywhere. So even if they go on vacation, we'll still have sessions. So arguably, this might be a net positive. Well, okay. Actually, 
That's why it's hard to, for me to. That's for uh, why it's hard for me to talk about this. You know, it's like because people are gonna look at this and be like, "Oh wow, like fuck that guy," and I totally get that, right? So that's why I'm like, ah, that's not even really a question I necessarily wanted to answer. That's why I'm like, I'm just, I'm doing fine. I mean, that's cool. I mean, that in that sense, that's that's good that at least you're taking the, you know, the perspective of what other people might you know, feel about something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, um, I had a mix of, of things happen, right. Uh, so my, not to get too much into it, but my father, for example, had COVID and, uh, if he didn't have, um, intervention, uh, from, um, hospital, he could have, could have died, you know, and stuff like that. And it was a really, at the time, a very, uh, gripping, powerful thing that was, that was happening. And it, it wasn't a joke, right. I mean, some, some people had taken the perspective that, all right, guys, like really seriously, everybody mask up uh, six feet away. Please, you know, do your best to adhere to CDC guidelines and uh, guidelines from your uh, from authorities. Right. And I was definitely all about that. But I felt like, at, at, you know, as time was going on, we were so lucky. Nothing, nothing had happened up until the point where he got sick. And then when he did, this became like I started to imagine what other people were going through right in terms of that i mean um in terms of our guests too right i mean different people were i mean i wouldn't say anybody reported to us anything too bad in terms of our guests but a lot of times we'll, we'll talk to them right before they come on and we ask them you know how they're doing and um well, some have been doing pretty well i don't even remember a person saying one bad thing I mean, outside of just like, you know, loneliness and I guess some form of isolation or some level of it. I mean, everybody seems to have been doing okay from our end. Gotcha. But yeah, that's that's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, that, that was actually a big thing, uh, a, a glaring sort of commonality mm-hmm. amongst everybody. Yeah, that there was sort of that feeling of isolation. Um, I mean, I guess since we're on the topic, I mean, for me too, actually, I mean, even though, uh, you know, with us and, and our friends, we we kept up with doing like zoom meetings and stuff like that from time to time in the beginning of this thing uh that was cool right and i'm with it in fact some of that stuff actually felt like uh a different sort of bonding experience Mm -hmm. call it trauma bonding call it whatever you like a lot of people probably would call it trauma bonding (laughs) but um but right uh things like that were really valuable but i'll say even just that sense of isolation the fact that you had to stay six feet away from people and especially in the beginning of this thing when we had close to no information or just very little information when i was walking around outside with people or uh, next to people i couldn't be next to people actually even i was paranoid i was not because i was afraid i would get something although to some degree maybe i was mm-hmm. uh there was another level of it too, where I'm thinking, oh my God, I don't want that person to feel uncomfortable. And it kind of would put me really in my head and uh, set a weird precedent for the next several months of how interactions would go with people outside. And then even when we were able to go back out and there was that semblance of normalcy kind of happening, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I mean, now I feel better. I feel a little bit better now. But I'd be lying if I said there's not a, I don't still have some kind of weird thing where I'm even either subconsciously or unconsciously sort of trying to uh, process like what is that person's comfort uh, in relation to me, but in terms of like uh, from that COVID filter. Mm-hmm. I, I, how you, what you think about that but 
Well, you know, it's interesting what I was thinking about, like in terms of how, you know, obviously we've been, I mean, since day one, we podcast through Zoom. It's kind of interesting how like, like Zoom became normalized. So when we started having shows with people, it was like, oh, huh, this just feels like I'm like talking to some friend or whatever over Zoom. So it's like as we went through the year from 2020, obviously, to now. But I mean, we were doing it before. But like before, it was kind of weird not to have people in studio where you're kind of like, oh, I mean, eh, you know, Zoom conversations sort of strange, I guess, you know, because you're so far away from the person. Uh, you know, there's just there's this like a level of intimacy or layer of intimacy that's a bit removed. But then like now as you're talking to people on Zoom, right, it feels so normalized that it just it doesn't feel like there can even be an added layer of intimacy. Did you get that, too? I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. It beca- felt like an acceptable form of communication. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it didn't feel like we were filming anymore. It just felt like, oh, we're just talking to like some friend or whatever acquaintance that we know, right? It's interesting. I would say this, though, even when we started with uh, Zoom or actually Skype, technically, um, you're right. There, there was that thing of where we kept comparing it to the other experience, right, of being mm-hmm. in person. Um, but I, th- I feel like we still did establish rapport and had good times with people that we had on before this became a, a thing. But yeah. after it became a thing, you're right. Yeah, there there was some sense of even more comfort, you know, yeah, yeah. because it felt like now you know what the other person's thinking as well mm-hmm. in terms of like our guests probably. Of course, they prefer to do via Zoom. Yeah. Well, and it's also like all of us are literally just Zooming with you each other anyway so you know what i think it is it's like before there was this sort of uh i don't know if regret is the right word but there was this thinking like oh man i wish this person were here in person right like this would be better with that uh yeah. but now like now that everything is through zoom you're like oh who cares i don't need him or her or whomever in person right it makes no difference everybody's through zoom so it just felt like like because this is the established mode of communication like the main form of communication now it just feels like oh we're just having a normal conversation as we would like any day like if literally we weren't recording we would be doing the same thing so whereas like you know there's kind of like this uh fomo when before before like the zoom meetings where you were like oh man like what would it be like to actually have this person here live and now right now thinking about it in terms of like oh everybody's you know doing zoom now it doesn't feel like a fomo a sense of fomo anymore now it really feels like oh like this is like the legitimate way that everybody's kind of like talking to each other and getting to know each other meeting even each other right like so it just doesn't feel i guess yeah because fomo is a big thing for me i guess with with covid and having people through zoom i was like oh i don't have to feel formal anymore so that's cool yeah i mean mm, in terms of even things i would listen to let's say the radio mm-hmm. when i heard those radio hosts get in um get very used to like working from home right, right. almost almost preferring to stay home instead of commuting to go do radio if you could do it over the phone from or over the uh, internet from online what's right. the why do you need to go somewhere else mm-hmm. but um well wait, that, i do have a question for you yeah. do you feel like do you feel that in some way like going through the just the experience of covid and everything that happened do you feel like some of the interviews that we had in this past year were somehow shaped or were even better than they would have been had we not had them during covid okay I, actually i'm happy you said that i was thinking something similar earlier mm. so Actually, it's possible that we might not have even gotten those interviews. Yeah, totally. Right? I mean, technically speaking, if uh, if you're out and about, you have to be maybe in a different state. You have to uh, maybe go somewhere else for work or whatever one of our guests was doing. Um, yeah, it's possible they might not have had the time to to be a guest on the show. But because of this, uh, a lot of people benefited from hearing their voice right and and what they had to say 
probably more likely than they would have if they had been busier. Um, that's probably the, true, not even just for our podcast, but all, all sorts of podcasts. I mean, um, I, uh, like, I think, was Chomsky on Kaufman's podcast? Yeah. Yeah, and I think they did it via Zoom, if oh, I'm not mistaken. Well, well, Scott does everything via Zoom. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right. Well, Chomsky's a busy man, so I guess maybe it goes back to an earlier point. But yeah, I mean, um, imagine imagine a guest who is anyway sort of older, has a lot of wisdom, but mm -hmm. it's harder for them to travel. But then yeah. Zoom became an acceptable form of communication. Mm -hmm. Maybe, because I know, for example, in the beginning of this, uh, Rogan, for example, when he had, would have certain guests on, uh, they came on via Zoom. Mm -hmm. he, just, he actually expressed that he doesn't like Zoom. And I'm, I completely get why it's uh, a lot of times it is easier to establish rapport, feel out what the other person is uh, trying to say. There's no lag issues that could appear. Right. Yeah. You name it. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure some of the people that he had on may, may not have come on otherwise. And then I'm sure it's true for other podcasts, uh, Lex Friedman, for example, too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's a great advantage. Um, but you know, I also kind yeah. of felt like there was a sense of gratitude that might've not been there otherwise. Like from what do you mean? So, I mean, look, and obviously I can't really be in anybody's head, so I can't say for sure what someone would have or wouldn't have thought, but I did sense, and then, you know, this is like a vague feeling, but I did sense like over the year, uh, there was, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more of a sense of gratitude that people were on our podcast as opposed to the year before. Not to say that, you know, it wasn't there or not even to say that like people didn't care, but I just think there was a heightened level of care where people are like, oh, wow, like, like, thanks for having me on or thanks for inviting me. And, um, you know, they would kind of give us point, not pointers, they would give us, um, like feedback about our conversations and we didn't really get that in 2019 so I mean look it could have been the year it could have been where we were you know in our podcast journey at that point but I did get a sense that like more people were grateful to be on and we also had like more requests to come on which was really cool but again that could obviously just be that you know we've just grown so I don't know I can't really attribute that to COVID but it could have been even both things I mean you're right though it, it is actually yeah. pretty cool yeah you're right yeah Right. Like think about Andy, right? The fact that, and this is like a backstory that a bunch of people obviously don't know because I mean, if you're not in our lives, you wouldn't have known that this happened. Insider but, knowledge, insider right, right, information. Right. right. So Andy Norman, right. It was super. And I was like, wow, Andy's like really happy that we had him on like amazing. Right. And then, so, you know, Alan, your mom had the fall that day. You weren't able to make it on the show. This was You weren't like, supposed to say that. This kidding. was, you know, this was like at some point in June. And then, so, you know, Andy, who came on our podcast anyway, he seemed to have really enjoyed it and have been really great, been really grateful and really empathic. And he's like, Hey man, like, you know, I would love to come back on whenever, you know, Alan's ready. And, you know, maybe somewhere at the end of whatever it was like fall, you know, by the end of the year, you know, we could do a second appearance and like, yeah, that was really cool. And I was like, wow, like this guy was really grateful to have had, and this is a person who's been on the Michael Shermer show and Joe Rogan. So I was like, wow, like, you know, he was grateful to, you know, have had the invite. And you kind of get that from a few people, you know, Tom Morris also comes up. He was super grateful to have been invited. So look, I don't know if it's COVID, maybe it's probably just a mixture of things, obviously, but, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if the, at least not the lack of, but the diminishment, the diminished level of intimacy that people have had over the past years has literally made at least some of our guests be like, oh my God, like, wow, here are these people who want to talk to me. Thank you. You know, um, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, like those people definitely express gratitude. And I guess on the other hand, too, if I had to really stop and think about it, 
yeah, I would say I'm, I'm very grateful that, you know, they came on, of course. Um, I don't stop because, you know, you get caught up in the, as I love to say, the automaticity of things. It's just like a phrase I like to say. But I mean, uh, it's, it's true. Uh, if I really stop to think about it, I mean, uh, imagine that we didn't have the podcast, right? Uh, just remove that from your life and then keep everything else. Do you feel like it's en enriched your life in any oh, 100, way? A hundred percent, man. Yeah. So, I mean, like, look, I, I love our friends, obviously, but like, I feel like just, it's not enough, you know, like, I know there's a sort of dichotomy between like, whether you should be successful or, you know, whether you should more so focus on your relationships, but I really do think most people are unhappy, like if they have one or the other, like I've known a bunch of people who are like family people and, you know, had some significant, like stable friendships and they're like, oh, wow, like this is kind of all that life has to offer, you know, I mean, it's, it's so kind of feels like it sucks right but then you also have the other extreme where you have somebody who's like you know zeroed in on success and they don't have any relationships so but i feel like for us and what we're doing what was really cool is that we obviously kept our close friendships and you know we kept those intimate relationships and then on top of that yeah we had this thing that um I think to a substantial degree really got us through covid man it gave us something significant to look forward to over those weeks yeah if i really had to think about it oh my god Oh, it would be so bad. Yeah, without the podcast, I mean, it would be just and Sundays a lot of, too. Like, oh, what do you do on a Sunday, right? I mean, okay, I've actually always been pretty good at finding a way to amuse myself. You know, yeah, as yeah, far yeah. As, sure, but it's not the it's not the same, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're just pretty much. I, I mean, okay, let's not call it killing time, but you're doing something of lesser quality, right? Well, uh, it's it's cool because this is just a really sort of meaningful thing. Again, when you just stop to think about it, sometimes I just. I, I get caught up, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure to some degree it's the same for you. Like when we do the show every week, mm -hmm. sometimes it's sort of you're preparing for the guest and you want it to be good and you want to just um, go over the material if there is material to go over and all that kind of stuff. And um, usually right after we get finished every time with the guest, that's when I'm always like, wow, okay, that, that, was, that was good, you know, right? Mm -hmm. but then other, other times because again, so automatic, you forget like, oh yeah, this might be helping somebody, right? If, if they're listening, uh, <laughs> it, it might be helping uh, yourself too, because you're, you're also getting, um, I don't know, either reacquainted with information you already once knew, or maybe you're learning some sort of a different uh, nuance or a great, or a different sort of take on a, on a subject. Right. Um, I mean, Tom Morris, uh, for example, Mm. what i what i liked about the experience with tom morris it's not even what i can remember from from the interview it's sort of how i felt yeah, in terms his, of the, his energy was on point his energy was was contagious and many of our guests have really good energy great energy uh but why i'm singling him out in uh, particular is uh i remember finishing that podcast and just feeling sort of Mm, inspired to sort of get back on the horse like mm -hmm. like like get back to, like I, okay i was already going to gym, but like being a, a little more disciplined like before covid not like you no know, okay now that i'll connect it to covid right mm -hmm. i if i didn't have the podcast i think i'd be uh in sort of a, a yeah a worse sort of a place because i'd be less uh i might be less motivated in general and then maybe that would pour into other aspects of my life. Yeah. But um, but yeah, right. Let's just stick to one point. Tom Morris, 
was very inspiring and and made me want to sort of um up my game so to speak you know yeah and to speak speaking of tom morris and i mean i want to add on it's not just him obviously we're about in terms of what i'm about to say so it's not just him but i feel like people well i want to say first him i don't want to just say people like him because that kind of devalues it um but the fact that he gave us such great feedback so the way i kind of think about it is i remember when we first started the podcast like i was super camera shy right even still to, to a pretty great extent i am like i don't i hate being on camera it's not my thing it's just i, I just yeah, i get really anxious right i don't so, like it either <laughs> yeah yeah so but you know when you get somebody like tom morris who comes in and this is a guy who obviously we really respect and he gives you such great feedback about like what his experience was like what he was expecting you know he learns your names you're like wow man like this is really something that i could like that we could do right like this is something legit for us so what i love the most honestly about the podcast is the growth and confidence for the both of us the fact that like in the beginning we really just you know we kind of took our shots and we're like okay whatever let's just see where this goes and then based on not every guest obviously is going to give you great feedback which is fine i mean like look some guests are gonna be hey you know thanks for having me on i appreciate it that's fine i mean we don't ask for more we don't need more right but when you have like the guests who really like you know give you like this like over the top level of feedback you're like holy shit like we're on the right path here and i could just kind of like look back on you know 2019 and then 2020 and this year and think like man just the fact that like we got such better feedback over the years like in terms of again the episodes what we provided for the guests what we got out of them that it kind of makes me think like yo i don't know if i would have had the same degree of confidence just in myself forget about even just an interview or just in myself without the show especially this past year I would say so. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just from, just from the repetition, uh, the practice, right? Not, I feel like that's an aspect. That's an aspect. I don't think that's the whole thing. Yeah. It's definitely not the whole thing. That's definitely as far as for me, uh, just being able to do it every week or almost every week. Um, I've just become more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I remember, so it, it still happens to some degree, but to a lesser extent, but I would get so nervous right before before a podcast because I just want it to be so, so good. And I want the so start perfect. to be perfect, yeah. you know, and I feel like the beginning is the most important thing. Right. Which is interesting. Well, only because. OK, well, imagine. Wait, you wait, can you tell on. your story? Can you tell your story? Let's not go off topic. That's my that's my story. No, 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 no. <laughs> say, what do I what did you used to do? <laughs> I got nervous before. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I practiced we practiced right and i got better at it you got better at it and there's just more of a sense of professionalism to it i suppose i mean this is something that we just kind of are doing from like sort of you know from our homes right but still when you practice enough you you gain a certain level of competence and uh you you start to know what you're doing or appear as if you know what you're doing, which is which is fine because it's it's like driving a car. When you first begin driving a car, you, you you're checking uh, the lights, you're checking this. That. Not that you normally don't, but there are things that you start to become intuitive mm -hmm. as you as you go through the processes over and over again. So I feel like there's certain things that now come to us intuitively, and that there's sort of another level of maybe uh, things that we're learning now but it's not the same things we were learning uh, at the beginning and yeah. so we're just progressively you know getting better and better which is mm -hmm. which is cool yeah. um and you know what i like it. like 
what I like the most like about uh, what we try to do is that we try our best like to take these interviews and make them something other than what the other guests, well, what are our, not other guests. So we make, we try to make them something other than what our guests have been doing with other podcasts. So like, uh, I really like that. And I like how, you know, how we had that episode with Andy and he's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, the other podcasts I've been on have not like, you know, making a, made it, made the discussion like so heavily philosophical and we did that. So I kind of appreciate that, you know, what we try to do, I think creatively, which is super important is we try to make these episodes unique and we try our best, obviously not to copy other podcasts, which is like, I think in the beginning we did that a lot, which is fine. You know, you try to kind of appeal to a general audience, but I think we kind of learned somewhere down the road that it's actually better to find a way like you're, I don't know, maybe not niche, but to find like your own sort of unique spin on these conversations. Okay. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, I wouldn't say that every single interview that we've done is, is entirely no, unique. Totally. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, just we, to be we, fair, we, I, I don't yeah, want to be that guy. No, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, everything we, we do is. No, no, we, we have to. <laughs> talk about Joking. the actual broad ideas in the in the books right so no totally yeah so no I, no I but definitely uh we you know i mean yeah we we build uh a relationship with with uh with the guest throughout the throughout the time with us and then i feel like there's a certain um i i don't know what the term is but it's like a certain sweet spot let's say mm -hmm. that we sort of hit and then all of a sudden a sort of momentum uh comes up where all of a sudden uh you're uh, or you know there's an impulse for you to uh speak and provide some something to the conversation and for me too and then for the guest as well and it starts to become uh intuitive the way the conversation takes place but i feel like you know depending what it is sometimes at the beginning we will go with you know a rote sort of a question right you know or something like that and Oh, actually, you know, one thing I like that. You know we what do we're doing? We're think, talking, and creating, okay? Whoa. Where'd you get that from? That sounds like a book. You should write it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, shout out to Ryan Stelzer and, and David Brendel and their new book, Think Talk Career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 one thing I really like uh, that you do, especially. Uh, it Definitely, it's just you, actually, who does this. <laughs> <laughs> which is you'll uh start out by sometimes reading a passage or a quote or something that you liked from uh the guest's work depending who the right. guest is and i don't think a lot of people do that actually that's a cool way to sort of um that is unique like uh, no michael Shermer. no he that's does where that? i got it from yeah michael Shermer does that yeah so he'll literally so i don't know if he starts so he here's where i guess maybe my spin on it if it is one i don't so i may be the one who starts the show with the quote because i'm not sure Shermer does that but he definitely reads a bunch of passages from people's books yeah and then he'll ask some like questions based on those passages unfortunately i can't take credit for that Fine. but you learn you learn you know but still it's cool you know okay sorry let's 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 take a step back it's anyway, it's an interest in, in what they're doing. And right. it, it's usually not going to be the same. I mean, if it's a whole book and you're choosing from like something that you liked, generally speaking, it's still going to be unique in that sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my, yeah, yeah, it's my decision, certainly. But yeah, I like that so much because first of all, it gets the person to know, and I guess this is podcasting one-on-one -on -one for anybody listening. So it gets the person to realize like number one, you read their work. Number two, you enjoyed their work. And number three, you actually have something to say about it. I think that builds rapport right off the bat. You should write a well, book called Podcasting 101. Podcasting 101. How do you start a podcast? I don't know, but I yeah, like yeah. how you had step one, step two, step three. I want to buy your yeah, book already. 
And you know what's funny, man? People really think like this stuff is easy and it's it really takes a toll on you. I mean, not to get into this obviously too much, or maybe we can. I don't know. Oh yes. Oh, I know I know one person who you know as well. Uh but not okay. Well, I know somebody who you don't know very well. You don't you don't know them very well, but I I know them decently. And they told us that they were gonna be starting a podcast. And uh, they told us this a year ago oh, or yeah, more. Yeah. I know. Who you're and then they, then they said, uh, but yeah, but you don't know them very well. I know them very well. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way to throw it off. Okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, moving forward. So yeah, they were like, oh, uh, I, I just have to buy the right equipment. And then when I get all this correct equipment and then get these other things that need to be done, you know, out of the way first, then I'll begin. And uh, I remember saying at the time, and I'm not an expert, and I was even less of somebody who can speak about this at the time, but um, I felt that you just have to start. You can't wait for things to be perfect. Um, you, you have to just begin and then sort of autocorrect. Otherwise, if you're waiting for circumstances to be perfect. Uh, they may never be perfect according to your standards. Yeah, and like think about it. How many times do we beat ourselves up for mistakes that we made? So it's like technical mistakes, like flubs that we've said and made on air. I mean, like this is inevitable, man. Like, yeah, so if you're looking for whatever that is, like technical perfection or even just, I don't know, you, your interview skills to be stellar, again, whatever that even means, it's never going to happen, man. Like we are constantly trying to figure out like what we did wrong. Technically, yeah, shit like, happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, um, like... Like somebody, I don't know who this person was, but they recorded five minutes of an Eric Adams interview. No, 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 no. It was two and a half. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> two and a half Even minutes. We could, I wish we got five minutes. No, but that, yeah, that was rough. Fault. That was that was actually nobody's fault technically. I mean, oh, it wasn't anybody's fault. <laughs> no, no, our system has legit not at all. Uh, never shut down before. <laughs> but that is yeah, funny. yeah, it's it's nobody's fault. Like nobody. <laughs> Nobody that we know of, but yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. But no, but I yeah. gotta say though, there is a part of me though that kind of wishes that we had just like better, uh, not only just tech savvy, but we had just better equipment and better, you know, whatever, just like in terms of the way it's put out. Like, obviously, you know, look, we don't make any money off of this. Oh, yeah, thumbnails, yeah, the, the right titles, yeah. the right algorithm. Yeah, you know, look, because I got okay, here now I could, I could share this with you since you know we're on air and we could talk about it. So, you know, obviously, we had like the episode where that you were not with Jeff Jarrett and damn man that was a little bit embarrassing for me because you know Jeff has a like full like pretty much I mean he doesn't have a studio per se but he has a whole setup right so he has this whole great setup and then on top of that they have really great visuals their clips are really great and you know just everything is put out super professionally and I'm like damn man we're like fucking amateurs compared to this so you know I had a little bit of a I guess I don't know an issue with confidence there because i was like damn man i was like here's jared he comes with this great setup you know this podcast i mean obviously you know they make money off of it so i get it i mean it's not just for free it's on ad free shows it's you know it's not even his podcast technically i mean it is and it isn't i mean like they get paid for it so Mm -hmm. uh, but you know when you compare and you're like damn man i was like we are not on that level holy shit and that kind of sucked yeah well i would say this Mm. Depends. Uh, if you look at different podcasters um, and the environments they have set up, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. some of them have a Jeff Jarrett style. Legit. Some of them have 
Some of them have a Brad Johnson style. Some of them have a Diamond Dallas Page style. Yeah, but wait, but wait, but but here's the thing. This is why this is not fair. So with uh, with Brad and DDP, they don't have podcasts, so they just come to interview, right? But Jeff actually has a podcast. That's why I'm like, you know, so like if we had DDP on, there's nothing to compare it to. Like he doesn't have a podcast. But then you know, when I'm sitting here and I'm talking to Jeff, I'm like, damn man, I was like, yo, I really feel like I have to step up here. I know what you mean. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I started, I had those feelings that you're talking about uh, yeah. for the first half of us doing our podcast, mm-hmm. because yeah, in terms of uh, background, it's, it's all right. I mean, what we have the books in the background here, yeah. right. But I, I've seen, I've seen all kinds of Ooh. podcast studios as far as yeah. that goes. And they look um, super cool awesome yeah super awesome different Mm -hmm. sorts of setups different kind of uh cameras and and things of that nature um but i feel like again you know how i mentioned earlier uh there are things that we sort of um learned and then they're intuitive and then there's like another stage i I feel like we're building towards probably gearing to shift other ways that we do things as far as that goes i would hope yeah i would hope no, I wouldn't. No, we, we wouldn't allow it to plateau. Otherwise, we'll get too right. upset. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, mm. I, I don't think we would allow it after a certain point. There's going to be a point where you just hit a sort of a critical mass. And yeah, somebody riding motorcycles back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the neighborhood, man, that's cool. <laughs> which is funny, too, because it's like 30 degrees outside. So that's fine. Oh, man, I love the cold. I don't know if you're into Wim Hof or anything like that. But, you know, I used to love a good uh, cold plunge. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. we can, we, yeah, we can move yeah, from that. No, but you know what it is? It's like the uncertainty of it, right? Because, like, you see, like, but here's the thing. Again, not a fair comparison. You know, Jeff Jarrett obviously has a stellar, you know, reputation, fan following. So I get it. It's much easier for him to find a, you know, to find a suitable partner to podcast with. Um, well, I mean, you know, business relationship. Um, so, but yeah, man, but even still, like, you know, you look at other podcasts and you're like, holy shit, man. You're like, okay, when is, you know, when is it going to be our turn? Um, I would say this, uh, realistically speaking, um, the whole world of podcasting is incredible because you, you take away certain gatekeepers from uh, you and from the world right that that's awesome so i don't know i feel like in terms of the amount of obstacles that we have to overcome versus how many obstacles our predecessors had to overcome in order to um get a foothold on this or get some sort of success in this area it's it's not the same so yeah i I also so i don't know i feel like uh it's just a matter of trial and error um consistency and then making sure to just implement new things and just not be lazy about it or not be too resistant to that. Um, yeah, the uncertainty. New change. That's, that, that's what it usually is. It's the uncertainty. It's like, oh, you know, because you don't know where it's going. I mean, obviously, at this point, it could go anywhere. Um, so good or bad. So the thing is, like, when you don't know where it's going, you're like, shit, like, how much of my time is this really worth? Like, I don't want to, like, fail and I don't want to get rejected. Obviously, you know, you're kind of always asking other people to come on. And then, like, you know, you kind of look at view counts and you're wondering who's watching. Does anybody really care? So it's like a lot, man. So I know this might this is definitely a first world problem, obviously. But I think the thing that, like, 
people don't get with podcasting it's like it's not just you know the physical stuff well it's not even physical per se but it's not just like you know the toll that comes with activity right where you're reaching out to people you're preparing for shows you're reading the work you're uh you know just thinking through like the questions you're gonna ask uh, research maybe that you're doing right it's not just that it's literally you're now also fighting the fear of failure and rejection and you're constantly trying to push yourself reminding yourself okay some of this shit has worked some of it hasn't worked so let me now keep focusing on the stuff that has worked in order to motivate myself to move forward that's hard yeah i i'm i'm with you no i agree with you there there there's times that like uh, when we've taken breaks let's say where i felt like i really needed it to sort of for some reason i I don't know it's not like we do too much time as far as um you know an hour on sunday Plus that's or minus. I know, yeah, I know the, the actual preparation. Be, yes, and no, and on top and of that, and releasing the episode, sharing the episode, right? Like pretty much uploading it. It all takes time. Yeah. So, uh, for example, when we had time off, and there was that extra resource of time, mm-hmm. um, there was a few things that were valuable at the time. One was just having more time to get back to just my own interests, right? In terms of what would I just naturally like to learn what would i naturally like to watch would i like to do nothing right and there was there was a a value there was a value to that especially in the doing nothing Mm -hmm. times when i did nothing i thought oh um you know actually i dislike doing nothing more than you know how hard it is to keep up with the podcast, let's say, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a little aspect of it. Another aspect of it was I just kind of started to remember again why I'm doing what I'm doing instead of getting caught in um, the automatic automatic (laughs) nature. I I didn't want to say automaticity. But but yeah, but uh, speaking to what you said before, um, I just looked this up on The Guardian, an article where it shows the top five regrets of people uh, of the dying right okay so not having a podcast <laughs> so a lot of, <laughs> it's true that's actually the number one regret no just kidding for the audience but uh one of them is i'd wish i'd had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected of me okay. right so for example uh, for me personally speaking doing a creative sort of pursuit like the podcast uh that to me counts as something that i was incredibly afraid to do incredibly afraid of what people would think uh, imposter syndrome you name it like all sorts of things coming at me in terms of obstacles but uh choosing to sort of pursue that it, it helped me to feel like okay i don't want there to be any regrets at the end of this like what, what's the point if if uh, if if there's 24 hours in the day and you know i could either li- live in reaction and just let things happen to me and live as a no, as Nietzsche would say, live as a no to life and then still have things happening. Or I can be proactive, be uh, what's called the nobleman, if I remember correctly, uh, in Nietzsche's writing and choose to make my own decisions as often as I can. Right. And make some sort of a difference. So there's that. There's a, a other uh, regrets, too. Like, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings, right? I I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends Mm -hmm. and I wish that I let myself be happier. So, I mean, that's incredibly important, right? I mean, 
having the courage to express your feelings, for example. A lot of people want to hide their feelings or don't want to go beyond a certain step with their uh, friends because it's too much of a vulnerable um, obstacle for them to go past. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe I'm being too general. Uh, well, yeah. Does that need an explanation? Are, are, are we uh, doing this in the context of podcasting or this is just broadly speaking? No, I meant broadly speaking, right? Uh, I mean, for example, uh, some people might not get to a certain level of uh, intimacy or in terms of, let's say, problem solving with friends, mm-hmm. which we talked a little bit about uh, with David Brendel, right? Where sometimes when you um, solve uh, an issue with your friends, sometimes that makes your uh, friendship stronger. Right. Well, some people might alternatively, try to hide their feelings or, or uh, repress what they're feeling towards their friend. Mm-hmm. And then maybe let certain things build up and then not confront it. But then the next slight that occurs or imagined slight depends, but it could be a real slight too. Mm-hmm. Um, that could end up being the thing that sort of brings down uh, that uh, friendship or relationship where otherwise if uh, everybody had just, uh, express their feelings every step along the way, all those things that sort of built up, um, they wouldn't be as, uh, there wouldn't be such a, of an intensity when an issue comes up, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. yeah. yeah. And why did I bring up the dying thing? Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, I do definitely relate it to, to podcasting because, um, being able to sort of exp- express yourself here, uh, learn new things, um, hopefully be offering value to people. Mm-hmm. It feels like, um, you know, just to hearken on this point again, it, it brings a lot of meaning, yeah. right? Uh, for yourself and hopefully for others too. And um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that we've encountered in terms of uh, issues. Um, like, I don't know, especially politically, let's say, even amongst friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like this forum or being able to sort of express that there's a way in a, in a sort of long form fashion right. to sort out through different perspectives and try to um, integrate them and sort of come out to come to an answer where both you and the person with that alternative opinion could sort of uh, see eye to eye. Right, right. And, yeah, so I don't know. Sort of resolution. Yeah, and yeah. then so uh, yeah, you know, and it's interesting too because like when you're thinking about like creativity and just finding purpose and you know building some some sort of what's called self-efficacy where you feel like a sense of mastery. Do you feel like okay? What do you think if you know in this hypothetical world, right? Uh, what do you think would have happened in terms of the way you saw your kind of ability to provide value to the world and your ability just to feel like you can do something? Let's say that's difficult, right? What do you think it would have been like had there not been a podcast? Uh, well, realistically speaking, mm-hmm. I probably would somehow rationalize, probably for my own good, mm-hmm. just to stay sane, mm-hmm. that um, perhaps uh, going to the gym or being helpful to my family in whatever sense, right. whenever or being good to my uh, friends, or today I established this relationship or that relationship, I would honestly probably somehow rationalize that I'm still moving forward in some way. And you would but, and, I, and I probably would be, but at the same time, um, 
if I wasn't, because I had an uh, urge to do something along the lines of the podcast for many years before doing the podcast. And so, and I didn't really act on it. Or if I acted on it, such a terrible half step, baby step that didn't really lead anywhere and wasn't Mm -hmm. consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, So there would have been still something gnawing at me uh, to act. And the more I probably wouldn't have acted, the more of a gnawing feel, the more, the more that gnawing feeling would build, let's say. And yeah, that would be uh, probably, probably I'm guessing incredibly unpleasant, you know, as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's worth all of the anxiety that we feel the night before and obviously the day of before like recording. Oh man. I mean, I think that there still would be a different level of anxiety. Uh, I think there would be a, a, a much like a greater sense of, um, and not even, I mean, I feel like the kind of anxiety that we uh, feel mm-hmm. is something sort of resembling you stress, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 I, I forget the exact definition of you stress, but it's like a positive, if get yeah, me right. it's the layman expression, but you uh, stress is like a positive uh, yeah, yeah. sense of stress, right? Right, it's like, like sort that. of like if you have to it's like if you have to be anxious about something it's better to be anxious about something like this oh well, i mean yeah that's the point i'm making mm-hmm. uh okay no problem so okay so moving forward that that is the point i'm making so right. uh yeah i would probably feel just terribly anxious but in a bad way in terms of like where is my life headed I, i'm not doing the things that um i i want to do right I, i'm not sovereign like, um like I'm existentially just... right you're like oh shit like if i have to die today would i be happy with this oh yeah wow <laughs> oh that's awesome oh yeah well i right? guess that 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 does uh tie to that five yeah. regrets of when you die thing so yeah i agree with you it's just interesting i didn't exactly think of it that way but that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah. um so I, yeah. yeah i love that because like you know what i do sometimes when i get into black and white thinking right i, I sometimes even wonder i'm like damn man is the anxiety the night before like it's but when there's a guest like when it's just us two it's obviously fine but like is the anxiety the night before is it worth like what we're doing but yeah you're right like considering it like you're going to be anxious about something so it's like if you're not going to be anxious about this your anxiety is going to worry about your health it's going to worry about your future your financial situation your relationships whatever so yeah no you're right i guess it's better to worry about this than something even more serious yeah and then even then i mean in terms i mean it's not just worry which i think we've established i i wouldn't have to really explain that to you obviously but just for fun um yeah i mean there's so many other just great good feelings that come along with doing the pocket i mean in terms of even like the the guests that we've had this year right i mean uh, besides recent guests like tom morris david brendel uh ryan stelzer rachel softness andy norman uh we also had guests like mike walrand on right yeah and you know that that's like a a guest that normally you wouldn't expect for us to have in terms of uh uh let's say a pastor right right but he he also kind of like Tom Morris, but in a different sort of sense. Yeah, he's actually uh, almost exactly like Tom Morris. Yes. just he's like, li- And I was going to say, actually, he's like the Christian version of it, but not really. They're both heavily philosophical. So technically, he is almost exactly like Tom Morris. <laughs> like he said, he's just the Christian version. Of that. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just trying to differentiate them. But honestly, you kind of can't. They're both no, heavily but, philosophical. But like, for example, his story in terms of yeah. uh, being uh, ill, 
his entire life and having such close calls with death, right? And, and not knowing if he's going to live again or if, or if he'll survive for the next year, right? right. Uh, and then still sort of having not, okay, he, what, here's what's funny. You would think when somebody's telling this story, oh, like I almost want to say just impulsively, he had this unshakable faith. But actually, no, he told us that he he had struggled with that. There were times that where it was like sort of uh, oscillating for him, but he still held firm in his beliefs and that he's he, even even when he was in incredible pain and he had sort of, um, quote unquote, surrendered to it. Yeah. Even that uh, you almost understood uh, without being told intellectually, even that he had felt um, in a sense at peace with whatever circumstance would sort of uh, befall him. But he, he got uh, incredibly lucky. And, and I, I don't know, uh, just hear, hearing how somebody deals with incredible pain and sickness and still sort of is able to uh, maintain their, uh, a, sorry, a solid sense of a worldview and still be giving to people and still sort of maintain um, a sense of stability, right? Because some people, when they're in incredible pain, they are uh, irritable, right? They, oh, yeah, uh, they, hate the, they hate the world, yes. Uh, no, of course, uh, well, of course. But um, f- please correct me if I'm wrong, or we'll just have to look this up later. But I think a lot, uh, a lot of generals in wars who had mm. tooth problems or something like that, mm. uh, not that it led to war. I don't want to say that. That's dumb. Hey, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> this is a comedy podcast. No. Toothaches lead to war, says Alan. Well, <laughs> Alan says toothache pain leads to war. <laughs> yeah, this is before Advil. No, uh, but yeah, but yeah uh, a lot of those those kinds of people were very irritable. And, um, and it, it's incredible when somebody's able to deal with pain. Like that. I mean, uh, in in your interview with uh, Rachel Zoffness, you guys speak on that a yeah, bit too. Right? Right, right. Yeah, and um, and just even moving forward, like even the the other guests. For example, uh, James, the two Jameses, James Moreno and James Shaknovich. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. We talked about addiction. I mean, uh, yeah, man. Well, our guests this year have been through some shit. Yeah, Shermer. Yeah, there's a team. I mean. For us, us, you know, having Shermer on, I mean, uh, let me put it to you this way. Um, I also have a, a certain sense of faith when it comes to the podcast in terms of mm-hmm. our consistency and luck meets opportunity and yep. these kinds of mindsets and thoughts. Sure. But when we had Michael Shermer on or we knew that Michael Shermer was going to be coming on, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I was a fangirl. I fangirled. I fanboyed. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. I know I know that guy. I wow. really know that guy. From yeah. I mean, I don't know that guy, yeah. but I know well, that you guy. Do, well, you do know him now. <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But like I had listened to him a lot on uh Rogan, even with Graham Hancock uh, once that was upon one a time. of the best episodes ever. That was literally that three-hour episode was one of the best co- yo, dude. I was literally we were driving from um we were driving from San Francisco to San Diego, and the entire road was literally three and a half hours of Rogan, Graham, and I forgot the other guy's name, but all of them. That episode Carlson, maybe Randall yeah, Carlson. Yeah, Randall Carlson, yeah, yeah. 
So it blew us away, man. I was like, yo, holy shit. And I was like, wow. Now thinking back on it, I was like, yo, if somebody had told me in that car on that day that Michael Shermer would someday be on my podcast with me, I would have been like, what? Yeah. Even right? just to meet the guy, even yeah. just, even just something as simple as that. I mean, uh, for you, especially in terms of, I mean, for me too, actually, that, yeah. What do we mean? Just for you. Yeah. DDP, for example. Yeah. I was like, really? Like, I, I, I don't know. When we first got, I was like, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, for real? And I was like, DDP Yoga, Diamond Dallas Page? And yeah, man, like, uh, guests like that or Muhammadu. Yeah. Right? Dude. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I, th- I don't remember if I've ever said this on the podcast. I might have said this to you only off air, but mm-hmm. to... Um, and what an, first of all, let me preface this with uh, incredible story. Uh, somebody who dealt with, uh, you know, being a prisoner at Guantanamo Bay and then being proven innocent close to 20 years later, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah, many 14. years later, 14, 14 but yeah. mm-hmm. pa- pardon. Yeah. So, uh, and just, so here's, here's my point. Uh, it was really so i could empathize with him but here's this thing for me um when i empathize i just wanted with to him, make a joke i'm so sorry what do you want to say i was, say? Gonna, I was say gonna say oh when were you in guantanamo <laughs> oh, no 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 that's good completely valid completely valid because that actually i can feel it i can feel his pain no check this out no 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 so this is gonna bolster my point which is Shoot. it's hard to empathize yeah. But to make the attempt to empathize, right, to try to uh, uh, put yourself to, tr- I mean, to, you can't, but yeah. to, to even attempt to do oh, it yeah, yeah. was mm-hmm. challenging. Right. It was very challenging. Uh, a lot of times it's not that hard to uh, establish rapport with people and make that sort of connection. Uh, with him, it's not that. So the connection was established in terms of us being able to have a conversation, but um, trying to process what he went through uh, just from an empathetic standpoint was uh, was a real challenge, you know, because a lot of times um, you don't. okay, a lot of times people won't even make the effort to try to be empathetic, which is why you learn to be empathetic. Right. Mm -hmm. But then even when you know how to be empathetic, I mean, to really take in somebody else's experience when it's like that uh that traumatizing is um really tough to do and you you can speak more to that as a as a therapist yeah Uh, i i think what we achieved was what's called cognitive empathy where we understood what the experiences were but i don't think we achieved emotional empathy i cannot put myself in his shoes i have no idea what that's even like i understand that just like reading a book i'm like okay wow this sounds horrific but i'm like can i actually feel it like put myself in that scenario no so right so i agree with you there uh the thing is i instead of even dismissing it at that level because i i did have that thought which is like okay don't even try to you're not going to you're not going to empathize yeah. like for real it's not possible it, it's too too graphic what happened but uh yeah but even just trying to do that that was rough that was right. just yeah um but yeah uh mark marrow too was cool yeah you know yeah, as yeah. far as that goes we had a bunch of inspirational people this year which is interesting because we made such a shift right we mostly i think the year before were like uh more so into more 
intellectually sort of inclined guests where I think we more so talked about ideas and like, you know, obviously just, you know, books. I mean, we talked about books this year too, but more so ideas, right? We was more analytical. Whereas this year, I feel like we kind of moved into the experiential territory. We went into, you know, people with like really amazing stories. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, we, I think we tried to stay away from that. Uh, in the beginning, we mainly just went for specifically, uh, I believe just, yeah, authors, uh, well, professors, think, yeah. Um, yeah. just straight up philosophers or... Yeah, yeah. People uh, yeah. with great ideas, right? But we're not necessarily great stories, right? Or maybe they do, but like we didn't know them. So yeah, people who wrote, like who were great writers and had a lot to say in terms of like changing the world. But no, I don't think we've had anybody... Oh, I, oh yeah. I thought you meant, uh, sorry to interject, uh, but I thought you meant um, like, for example, having like uh, uh, Tom Morris, Mark Marrow, or DDP, I, I thought you meant like in the sense of um, just no, different mean, from the traditional guest. I, I that's just what mean, I people, well, yes, I do. But I mean, in terms of like the inspirational stories, like the things that they went through, I think the people that we had on the year before were, um, again, they were very analytical and it was more so focused on ideas. Whereas this year, I think it was more so focused on people's experiences. And obviously, it's not black more black so, black, yes. Black. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we really kind of like, you know, kind of branched out into like just literally stories and experiences, which I kind of, I really like. I mean, I feel like like sometimes, you know, you hear these stories and you're like, holy shit, man. Like, you can't believe that there's so much shit like that happening in the world. Good and bad, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, it speaks to the, the power of uh, narrative to be yeah. also a, a powerful teaching tool. Right. I mean, you could read a book uh, filled with um, facts in terms of just, you know, uh, uh, this is what confirmation bias is. This right. is what backwards rationalization is. People do this when A happens, B, ha you know, this, you, when you react, you know, um, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't have a complete thought there, but you, you get what I'm saying. Just yeah. Yeah, it's like there's a there's a sort of depth there within the story that literally makes you go, holy shit, like the Mike story, Mike Waldron, right? Like actually sitting and listening to it and hearing it, obviously, on our podcast literally was just mind blowing, man. Like, I guess if I read about it, I mean, I would definitely would have been shocked, right? But just hearing him say it and you're like, what the fuck? How did all of these things happen to this guy? Yeah, it leaves a sort of emotional impact where yeah. it sort of cements the idea of... Um, uh, different ideas actually one in terms of just being grateful uh for your health generally speaking yeah. um grateful that it's possible that if you ever did encounter some level of uh incredible pain it is yeah. possible to sort of maintain maintain your your stability sort of sense of stability and sense of hope yeah yeah uh and maybe not be too incredibly um I want to say too incredibly changed by it actually i'm probably wrong there um but it is interesting it is interesting what how his story sort of starts to make you think about several different things at once in terms of just your relationship to your to your health uh to family what what's what's important to you um yeah, and also the fact yeah. that you don't even have it as bad as bad as you think you do right mm -hmm. right yeah, so if if you think your problems are big, you know, get bigger problems, as a certain saying goes, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, that and just I don't know. I would say, uh, oh yeah, Ashley. We had Ashley. Uh, Bor oh yeah, Brian. Brian Morescu. Yeah. Well, that was cool. technically that's technically last year. That was in December. Is it? Yeah. It says eleven months here. 
Oh, oh, you because you're looking at it through YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably eleven months because, um, yeah, because YouTube, YouTube is stupid. No, no, because it's, it's um November. That's why it's only eleven months. Yeah, you're right. No, it is eleven months because it's not December yet, but it's still in December. Yeah, because you, I see what you're doing. You're like, oh, if it's eleven, actually, is it? Yeah, it is eleven. Yeah, because it's not. It hasn't. It's in November. It's not December. Yeah, so it's eleven. Whatever. But yeah, point is yes. So Brian was a great one, uh, even though it was last year. <laughs> but Ashley was cool too. Yeah, Ashley. <laughs> and Ashley was like in that thread of like you know intellectual conversation. So that was cool. It was nice that we had like somebody on who was actually an expert in Marxism. And, and we got interviewed too, which was yeah. interesting experience. Also yeah. last year, yes. <laughs> <laughs> also in December. Okay, but then that next interview with her happened in January. True, true, true. Which is in January and not December. Shit, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Oh well. But, you know what's cool? I'm what squeezing. What I like that we do is that we find like other people with podcasts too. So it's like we can, I, I mean, not necessarily that we're coming on their podcast, but I like that it's um, that you have people who really know and have a deep understanding of what your experience is like, right? You know, do you have Jeff Jarrett with his own podcast, Emily Kircher Morris with the Neurodiversity podcast? So cool to have her back on. Um, and then who else? Obviously, Michael Shermer with the Michael Shermer show, Helen DeCruz. Like, well, she does not have a podcast, but um, she was cool anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, obviously Martha Lawn with the Squander and Lust podcast. So it's like, yeah, it's really cool to have like other podcasters on. I really do appreciate that. Just the fact that like, again, you have like people who really know what your experiences are like. Yeah. And um, I guess, I mean, we're actually pretty much an hour, but I'll just add one more thing, which was interesting in terms of Helen. And I think uh, it was Christopher Mark Rose. Uh, I don't see it on my screen here, but I'm just yeah, going off that. memory. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, where we talked about science fiction stories and sort of, you know, an example of maybe what a future utopia slash dystopia might look like. And it's interesting, especially with the advent of, of meta, right? Mm -hmm. With a whole, you know, that we're creating the matrix, essentially. Although I, I would say we sort of already have a meta reality in the sense of, you know, um, in, ter in terms of social media. No, 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 no. Alan, uh, that is the topic for another day, my friend. Oh, well, real quick, uh, real quick. <laughs> I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. Sure. So I, I just like how stories like that make you think about uh, different um, paths that um, we can take in terms of right. technology and the goings on of life and, and things of that nature. So it's, it's incredibly interesting how the power of narrative uh, and science fiction can sort of um help you to think about the future too and that was just sort of the point i was gonna you know finish off with there i hear you yeah so yeah man this was a cool one i mean it's you know for our audience these are pretty much the conversations that me and alan have behind the scenes literally every single time we had to meet each other so i mean i guess it's kind of cool that they got a i guess this would be called a sneak peek into our lives this felt like a podcast podcast does that make any sense you ever you ever heard like a comedy podcast before no, but like what? No, it? well, okay. Well, I guess Rogan sort of counts. But you ever heard Rogan with one, like his comedian friends on or whatever? Yeah, we're just shooting the shit, right? Yeah, it feels yeah. like that. Like we're just kind of shooting the shit, you know, being a little meta, talking about the show and all that. But there's more of a yeah, but this is intuitive like process going on. And this is legit what our conversations are like for the most part. I mean, outside of like the whole, you know, I think ten minutes that we had of COVID, just because like we were 
through COVID together. We didn't need to talk about our experiences of it. But like the other parts are literally just stuff that we would talk about regularly. Fine. Fair enough. I, I thought at the COVID beginning was fine just to sort no, of no no I'm not that's not even a criticism I'm not there's nothing wrong with it I'm just but you're saying, right you're right we got into a flow a different kind of flow yeah, yeah you're what right. I'm what I'm just saying is that like COVID is cool but that was I think like for the audience but uh you know in terms of our experiences because again we know what each other's experiences are I mean what the fuck we've been talking for the past year um but yeah but the point is that you know later on like the conversations that we had about the show that's actually what we talked about in person I'm going to cut a clip later where it's that little second where you just said COVID is cool. <laughs> <laughs> just like post that. No, just edit me. Just give me, me, make me look like an asshole. Just edit what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, follow us at Seize the Moment Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram and at Seize underscore podcast on Twitter. Like, subscribe. And actually, be, be, yes, hit the bell. Definitely. No, no. We know it's about to say. <laughs> hit, hit the, the bell. bell. Yes. Um, do you remember the TikTok by any chance? It's, it's actually doing yeah, just, pretty it, well. It's, it's at Seize the Moment Podcast. Awesome. At Seize yeah. the Moment Podcast on TikTok as well. Guys, it was a pleasure. Uh, have a very happy Thanksgiving and see you next time.